Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Menashe. This is the weekend edition where we interview notable people from the world of real estate investing. Today is no exception. We have a great guest all the way from Panama City in Panama. Welcome to the show, Mikel Torup. Pleasure to be here, Victor. Really amazing show. Excited to, uh, to dive into today's conversation. Well, great to have you here. Now, Mikkel, you are a world traveler, and that journey has taken you into the world of understanding second residency and potentially second passports and uh, some of the plan B things that we often hear about. And before we dive into those details, why don't we talk a little bit about your backstory and how you got to this point in your journey? Yeah, I know we don't have too much time today, but but very, very um, quickly, I, uh, I'm completely self-taught. Uh, I'm an autodidact. I left school at a very young age uh, and started traveling internationally as a teenager. Um, I'm almost 40 now, so we're, I'm going on 23 years of continual travel around the world. Um, I've visited over 100 countries. I think I'm at 110 now. I've lived in nine countries and I've circumnavigated the globe over 400 times. So the expat and, and investing overseas and building businesses overseas is my business. It's, it's what I do at expat money, uh, expatmoney.com. But it's also my hobby, what I've, I've done for a very long time and I enjoy doing. And from my personal side as well, um, I'm Canadian with Danish heritage. My wife is from mainland China. I met her in Germany. My daughter was, our daughter was born in the UAE. Uh, we got married in the Seychelles and our son was born in Brazil. And now we live in Panama City, Panama, as you said. So really a very international family and, and do a lot of these things and help people to invest and move their money overseas, whether that be real estate or precious metals or agricultural land or other types of tangible assets that I'm really a big fan of. That's awesome. I love that story. And as someone who myself am a world traveler as well, nowhere near the, the scope that you've undertaken, though, uh, I, I definitely understand that it's a big world out there. And there's a lot of opportunity that is worth taking a look at. And I understand certainly the notion that people stick close to home, real estate is hyper local, but that doesn't mean you need to invest within a 10 minute radius of your house. It means that the knowledge to invest is hyperlocal. It doesn't mean that you have to be local to your investment. So with that in mind, what are some of the various things that you've uncovered along the way that uh, are delivering value for your clients? Yeah, so what I really focus on is helping Americans and Canadians to move offshore. So what does this mean? Well, offshore, you can think of as a country that has more favorable tax laws and stronger asset protection laws. Now, usually to get into these countries, we're going to have to show some type of a commitment. And real estate is a fantastic way to do this. So a lot of the countries out there in the world will have some type of opportunity for entering in on their, their immigration scheme. And through that, we do real estate. So Panama, where I am today, we have a visa called the Friendly Nations Visa. It is a 200,000 US real estate investment. And uh, you can make cash on cash return in a country like this. And you know it's not going to make you a millionaire tomorrow, but it is a safe, stable uh, environment. But what it does more than that is it gets you the legal right to live and work in the country, to open a business, to have a bank account, to really have a plan B type of location. And it's the same type of story with Costa Rica, Colombia, um, Brazil, like I mentioned before. Uh, there's many countries in the world that these types of programs will exist. So you know what we've seen over the last two and a half years with a lot of lockdowns and then 
um, countries closing their borders, those borders were always closed to tourists, but not to citizens, in most cases, not to citizens and not to residents. So if you don't like what's happening or you don't agree with what's going on and you want somewhere else to go, or you even just want to get away from the snow and the, the bad weather, you know, in southwestern Ontario, where I'm from, or, or in northern United States, then maybe having somewhere in the Caribbean, either as a vacation rental or um, even putting in a long-term rental pool or hold, having it as a holiday, holiday home, you know, there's a lot to be said about all these types of things. And when you add to it, the diversification can be a difference in currency, can be a difference uh, in the legal structure and the language. It really opens up a lot of doors to you. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Now, there are these, what I call them, front of the line type programs where through the investment of either money or investment in a business or hiring a certain number of people or acquiring a certain amount of real estate basically gets you a shortcut into that residency status, either a term visa or even a permanent residency. What are the programs that capture your attention these days? So what we're really seeing these days and and what is very popular is a lot of the North-South. So a lot of people are coming down to Latin America, the Caribbean, um, even some places in South America. You know, obviously, the further you get away from the states, then the more it starts to drop off. And, And I can give you an example. So uh, last week or maybe a week and a half ago, I took a group of my private clients down to Uruguay for an investor tour. And it's a, it's a long ways. I mean, there's no question about it. It's you know three, four, five hours down to Panama City. We met here, uh, took everybody out for dinner, took them to sunset cocktails on a private island. And the following day, we got on a plane and we all flew down to Montevideo. And then we spent a week looking at real estate options there and agricultural land and farmland and all of these types of things. And this is a great way to short track um, the process to get in for immigration. So Uruguay is one of these countries where technically it's not a residency by investment. Anyone can get a residency there, a couple thousand dollars in legal work. But you're going to need to spend a substantial amount of time in the country to go about getting your residency. Now, if you start making a six-figure or seven-figure investment in real estate while you're down there, that six months or eight months that you might need to be there suddenly gets shortened to four months or two months or maybe even one month. Basically, what you're doing is you're showing substantial ties and commitment to the country through your investment. So we're always looking at these types of programs. So as I was saying earlier, you know, the Caribbean is very popular. Central America, very popular. Now we get into Colombia and it's popular, but it's becoming a little bit less. When you start getting down to, you know, Brazil or Southern Brazil or Argentina or Uruguay, now it really starts to drop off. Going east to west and going over to Europe is not so popular these days with North American clients. A lot of people don't like what's happening with the war in Europe. Uh, Inflation is obviously super rampant, and we're seeing energy prices go through the roof, especially in Europe. So a lot of that market is really drying up right now, and people are just heading north-south. Very interesting. Now, of course, any discussion like this can't happen without a discussion of tax treaties. There are tax treaties between countries and and then simply no tax treaty regime between other countries. When you are recommending certain locations, do those tax treaties exist? And if so, what do they look like? Yes, we do deal with tax treaty countries, 
but more often the countries that I work in are zero tax countries, either zero tax or countries that follow what's called a territorial tax system. So a tax treaty would be you pay tax to a foreign government and you get a credit for that amount in your home country, which is great. But my objective is not to just pay taxes uh, to a different place. My, my objective is to help my clients pay zero taxes. We always right. do this legally. So one of the main programs that I work with is called the Foreign Earned Income Exclusion, FEIE. And what it allows you to do is um, exclude the first $112,000 of earned income. Uh, now there's some caveats that I probably don't have time to get into today, but for a lot of people, it is possible. And the really neat thing is if your spouse is also an American citizen, then there's actually a doubling effect on this. So now you're talking about $224,000 of earned income that you're paying tax-free. Now that's from the US side. Now, what about the country that you're moving into? Say in Panama, where I am, territorial tax system, Panama only cares about tax where it's generated inside the country. So if you're a barber or you work at a, I don't know, at the mall, at a tienda at the mall, then you're going to pay tax on that for sure. But if you're an investor or you live in the country and you do Amazon FBA or you're a consultant or you have an online business or anything like this, Panama doesn't care about that. They don't tax you on that because it's deemed foreign sourced income. So now we have on the US side who only cares about where you are and not where the money is. And you have Panama, which cares about only where the money is and not where you are. So it kind of fits together hand in glove and it allows you to really take a substantial chunk out of your tax bill every year. And once again, legally, compliantly, uh, not on the gray zone, not in the black zone. I mean, you can guys can go to the IRS website and do your research on these. Um, you know, it's it's a real thing and it, and it is a very... Uh, a lot of advantage for the right people and if we set it up correctly. The question of residency, it's one thing to meet the residency test of that new plan B country, might be a certain number of days a year. But then the second question is, have you met the, the test to cut, have you cut enough ties with your previous resident country to be deemed a non-resident for the purpose of, of that country? Because it theoretically might be possible for you, in fact, to be deemed resident in both simultaneously. Is that all right? It's true. That's one of the things that we need to work through. It also can be dependent on the state that you come from. Right. So if you're from, um, I don't know, middle America, you know, a state that has income tax, but maybe not a super aggressive tax regime, we can move you straight overseas. But if you come from a state like California, which has a really aggressive tax uh, tax plan, then we would actually want to move you to, say, Texas or uh, Florida or another zero state tax. And then we would deal with, you know, we would move over your driver's license, your primary residence and your library card and your gym membership and yada, 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 and build up this case and start filing your taxes in the new place. And then we would move you overseas, which would help on the state tax. Now, for the federal tax, what we're going to need to do for the foreign earned income exclusion is there, there's two types of tests. One's called the physical presence test. One's the bona fide residency test. Right. Usually we're doing the physical presence test first in year one, and then we do the, the bona fide residency test afterwards. But you should expect it would be 330 days in a foreign country. And that means boots on the ground 
in a foreign country, not in international waters, not sailing around the world, not in a cruise going through the med. No, your feet actually have to be on the ground. So once we go through that in year one and it gets accepted, then we can start looking at bona fide residency tests and other types of things like this. So there's a lot to unpack in these types of things, but it is possible to navigate it. And it's what I do for a living uh, as a consultant and help people through all of these things. Fabulous. So this is a very interesting perspective. So, so Mikhail, if folks want to connect, if they want to learn more, what's the best way? Yeah. So there's a couple of different things. Um, we have a podcast of our own. It's called The Expat Money Show. You can listen to it anywhere that you're listening to our conversation today, Victor. Um, also, you guys can go to expatmoney.com. We have a ton of free resources on there. You guys can get a hold of me. There's a big orange button in the right-hand corner that says work with us. And then we have an upcoming summit. It's at expatmoneysummit.com. Um, it's free to get a ticket. We're expecting thousands and thousands of attendees. It's over five days. We've got, I think, 37 presenters coming up. So if these types of things, the tax strategies and the real estate investments internationally, if they interest you and you just want to get your feet wet, then come grab a free ticket at expatmoneysummit.com. Fabulous. Well, this is a very interesting conversation. For the listeners at home, definitely connect with Mikel at expatmoney.com or register for the summit at expatmoneysummit.com. And in the meantime, have an awesome rest of your weekend. Go make some great things happen. And we'll talk to you again tomorrow.